Hello, my friends. You are listening to Ethereal Odyssey, the podcast that interviews viewers like you about their transformative experiences, proving once and for all how similar yet different we all can be. I have the most fantastic interview ever. Um, She is the host of Spiritual Psychology. I have been mildly obsessed with this podcast for the last several months. And I just had this deep feeling that I had to interview her on mine. Renee is a therapist, shamanic healer, and author of the book and audio series Allies and Demons, working with spirit for power and healing. Renee leads workshops, groups, and individual sessions in emotional healing, spirituality, personal growth since 1988. Her year long mentorship program guides other therapists and healers to incorporate practical spirituality into their own modalities and teaches methods of becoming a healthy healer. Spiritual psychology is her unique blend of shamanism and Buddhism philosophy with hypnotherapy and body based mindfulness. I am so excited. You were going to love this episode. Uh, And here's our conversation. Renee. Allison. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Well, let's get right into it. Um, We should talk about the thing that connected us together, which is Kali. Do you want to start? Sure. I actually have a picture of Kali and some of my Kali items that I use because Kali is one of, I suppose you could call it my patrons or my favorite energies, whether I chose Kali or Kali chose me is a question mark. Um, (laughs) And you found me through my podcast, Spiritual Psychology, in the episode I did on Kali and the fierce feminine and Kali also called Kali Ma is an aspect of the fierce feminine goddess. Um, And she's part of the Hindu pantheon. And there's lots of stories we could say about Kali. She has many different aspects and many different ways to understand her, but she is a badass if I ever saw one if nothing else. So we'll talk more about all those details going forward, I think. Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, I, I did hear um, a little bit, but I'd like you to sort of reflect on your experience um, first starting to work with her versus uh, now, if that makes sense. So I don't know how I first connected with Kali, the image that I have in front of me right now, um, if anybody's listening to this, I would suggest that you actually search Kali on your phone or whatever you're listening on and get an image of her because it's quite dynamic. Um, Mm -hmm. Kali is usually shown as a dark skinned, young, beautiful woman with long hair who's naked wearing a skirt of severed arms 
and a necklace of skulls and she has many arms and usually at least two of them are engaged in holding a severed head and a big sword or a knife among all of the other items that, that she holds. And sometimes she's shown standing on top of a couple that's having sex, or sometimes she's actually shown on top of Shiva with his penis inside of her. So she's a from, and she usually has her tongue sticking out and uh, she licks the blood of warriors. She is um, quite a formidable, not what we usually think about as the goddess, um, especially in the West that often comes to us like Mary or even Tara in Buddhism. Mary, I mean, as in Jesus and Mary, either Mother Mary or Mary Magdalene. Um, or Tara that are often really very peaceful, loving, compassionate, more benign aspects of the divine feminine, the more um, subdued versions of the goddess. And Kali is in some ways the shadow aspect of the goddess, the fierce feminine that has her purpose in cutting through our ego and our illusions of fear and separation and really doesn't give much of a hoot about who we think we are. She's much more engaged in our authentic self and bringing us into full power in the world and removing whatever stands in the way of that. So uh, she's a demon slayer, um, which I kind of like that. So <laughs> I love uh, that. That's <laughs> perfect. And most of us have demons that need to be slain. I know mm -hmm. I certainly did. And um, I guess for myself, why I was drawn to Kali is because I have, I was raised by a fairly weak and sickly mother and kind of rejected traditional femininity um, mm -hmm. in the way that I understood it, which to me felt very disempowered and I never wanted to be a victim of the patriarchy. And so I tended to identify um, with my own internal masculine that a lot of us have. And um, anyway, whether we're men or women, we all have masculine and feminine within us. And so, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the badass wild woman kind of thing myself. So I was drawn to her just in my own way of being in the world, kind of defended, but she uses the weapons that she wields not to defend herself, but actually to slay the demons of ignorance and fear and ego that stand in the way of our true realization of the power that we have. And so using what had been defensive structures for me um, and using that energy, transmuting it into wisdom that can actually bring me rather than being um, in a defended place, which is actually rooted in fear, into an empowered place, which is rooted in a different kind of strength, like truly compassionate strength. Mm -hmm. um, it was very, well, that remains a goal, I suppose, or a, a North Star for me in my own continued personal growth work.
I like that. I like that it's um you mentioned that it's a continued process. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things about <clears throat> so the imagery of Kali, you know, holding all these gruesome things like a severed head and uh, a, a necklace of skulls and the severed head generally is considered to represent disconnection from ego or our idealized self-image and the severed heads that she wears as a necklace are the accumulated wisdom of those who have passed and you know the wisdom you have after you die and have a different perspective on life is probably a lot different than the perspective we have as humans who are usually afraid to die. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, the skirt of severed arms that she wears is all about appropriate and empowered action in all of the different um, possibilities and potentialities that we have to use our life energy in beneficial ways. So you know, that's just that kind of imagery uh, really points to a different kind of humility. And humility is not something that we talk about a lot in our culture. Um, humility is often really associated with humiliation mm -hmm. or, the, or the idea of being small. And that's a real, that's a misunderstanding, a real limited understanding of humility from my perspective. Kali calls us to a different kind of humility, which is actually to be as empowered as we actually are. And, um, you know, like Marianne Williamson, I don't know if you're familiar with her, one of her <laughs> most favorite lines is that our greatest fear is not that we are um, small. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'd have to look it up to get it right. Our greatest fear is actually um, of how bright our light is. And uh, Kali calls us to be as empowered as we can be, as fierce as we can be, but in the service of something greater than ourselves, to care less, to get, can I swear on your podcast? Yeah, go for it. Okay. To give less fucks about what other people think um, and to just really express our true nature in the world. And that's an endless thing as a human. I don't think we ever, uh, I don't know, I've been doing personal growth work for about 35 years and uh, I came here with a lot of bags and I'm still unpacking, you know, I, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to run out of stuff to work on in the next 30 years. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That is like the most perfect explanation of Kali and what she represents. Um, yeah, she, <laughs> I, I will say like um, there there was something you had mentioned in your uh, Kali episode about um, like being sure about it, like just knowing that it was the right thing. Um, I'm really losing like words for um, the circumstance or whatever, but it was um, not by accident, if that makes sense when she appears um to work with people it's no light um no light task no i mean well you know life life is um life is not a box of chocolates um life can be really difficult um mm -hmm. as a matter of fact no matter what happens 
is only one thing that we all have in common and none of us get out of here alive. So, mm -hmm. and what happens between birth and death, um, although we might try to stay as comfortable as possible and to gather the most toys and think that we're gonna win the race, um, mm -hmm. how we navigate the difficulties of our life, whether it's physical illness or relationship problems or work problems, um, social problems. You know, we all have things to work through, whether they're internal or external or a, or a combination of both, as they are for most of us. And Kali energy is about the cycles of birth and sustenance or growth and destruction that we're all a part of. And those certainly happen on the larger scale of a whole lifetime like we're born and we die and and I certainly believe that this isn't the only thing that happens there's a continuation after that mm -hmm. but there's tons of cycles that happen within a lifetime and every day you know you could be seen you know like the ancients used to say like the sun is born and it lives and it dies at sunset every every night right and that the, and those cycles offer us opportunities um, really at every turn to do things different if they aren't working for us, to improve, to let go of things that no longer serve us. That, And those, those can be difficult things to do, mm -hmm. um, to really surrender ourselves to a letting go or a death process. Most of us in the West are terrified of any kind of emptiness or silence. We fill up every moment that we have with some kind of media or food or busyness because um, emptiness in itself can feel like that's the void that Kali lives in actually the as what mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle calls the unmanifested potential um, that can feel scary and empty but if and I think this is really with all of the energy of Kali in the fierce feminine the that void is actually a pregnant void from which all creation can come. It's a place of potentiality. And, um, and so the, the fierceness of Kali, I think, is really to get us to face our fears, mm -hmm. uh, whatever those fears are. And as humans, I don't think we usually, if, we, if we're a human, we usually have enough fears to continue work for at least a couple lifetimes. <laughs> Um, if we're honest with ourselves, mm -hmm. um, to continue to root out the places that we limit the unlimited potential that we're connected with. Um, and she'll kick down the door with her, <laughs> with her leather hip boots on and tell you to wake up. <laughs> oh, totally. She, um, she appeared to me in like many like people um i i had no idea about her um until not long ago really <clears throat> i knew i was going to be going through some like big you know life changes and directions with my life and um i had a dream uh mm -hmm. shortly after i started therapy 
um, in which, you know, we, we do a lot of dream work in the therapy that I'm in. Um, so it, it was no surprise that it was another really big, meaningful dream. And it was, um, it was actually a shaman and a friend that were saying, okay, we're going to take a trip and we're going to meet the, the protector and the destroyer. Uh, mm. I like, I immediately just had this panic that, I'm not ready for that. There, you know, there's going to be other demons that I'm not ready to deal with. It's going to be too much. It's going to send me off the edge, you know? So, you know, um, you guys go for it. I'm going to, you know, stay and wait. And they're like, no, I think it's necessary that you come with us and do this. And I said, okay, like we're all going to be together. It's going to be fine. And then we went to go use the bathroom before this trip. And they just shoved me in and locked me in this like porta potty. And they're like, no, she's actually going to have to meet them and deal with her own demons on her own. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I was like in a sweat, like panics. <laughs> and uh, I was unpacking this in therapy. And my therapist actually mentioned Kali, you know, had I ever worked with her before? And I hadn't, I had never even heard of her. And the very next day, uh, one of my great friends, she had, I told her this whole dream and she again mentioned Kali and I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. So maybe I should look into this. And it was like an immediate yes. As soon as I started looking up images of her um, and I said, okay, like, you know, and then that's when I found your podcast and um, really sat sat with her and invited her into my life because I felt this was bigger than anything I had done before mm -hmm. and necessary at all that, no matter what kind of fear, anxiety came um, with this tower card, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, within just a few days of inviting her into my life and working with her, um, my life completely changed. And it was, uh, it was a lot of sudden painful changes, but definitely necessary. Um, learning to be comfortable being alone and um, learning that I'm, I'm much more capable than I was ever letting myself become mm. um, was a very <laughs> scary. Um, but honestly, I feel like, I don't know, like, like I'm, I'm finally like, it's like wearing shoes that are too small for you for decades. And then you finally find a pair of shoes that are the right size. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just like a sense of relief. Um, I know that there's still a lot of work I need to be doing with her. Um, but I think that she also understands that it's, it's, um, it's a long term <laughs> commitment and not just everything's going to be fixed overnight. Um, which is okay. Awesome. So yeah go ahead no that's a great that's a great story i i think for myself you know for me working pardon me <clears throat> for me working with 
the divine feminine um, is really about accessing consciousness that I've been blocked to and mm. being able, it's not like Kali is this separate thing from me, like a teacher mm. necessarily, but I mean, I, I can experience it that way to some extent, but that this is universal energy where all little tiny aspects of divinity and all of divinity is available to us. We're little aspects of consciousness in a larger consciousness system and personal growth is really about expanding our ability to hold power and hold and connect with, with consciousness, expanding our own consciousness to be able to be more than our limited ideas of ourselves. And so for me, you know, one of the main attributes of Kali is courage. And so when, when I have fear, then I need courage. And so, because I don't, if I don't have fear, I don't actually need courage, <laughs> right? So, and courage is, um, is something I can ask for. I can tap into the energy of Kali. I can try to energy match Kali to some extent mm -hmm. and be willing to surrender to this larger wisdom, um, that my own limited little ego personality self that has like such a myopic view of the world. I can't, you know, so many times in my life, I can look back and think about how I, I wished that things would turn out and I was afraid of certain things would happen. And then when they turned out differently and it was much better or I didn't get what I th uh, thought I wanted. And on hindsight, that was a really good idea. Like, I don't actually know what's best for myself. <laughs> In, in the in the longer run, right? Yeah, and fear right. fear keeps us small. It's mm -hmm. it's set up. You know, I mean, we have fear in our limbic brain. It's it's a safety mechanism to warn us of danger. But mm -hmm. we're rarely actually in the face of actual threatening danger. And a lot of what we consider dangerous is just simply the unknown. Mm -hmm. And being willing to go into the unknown, into the flow of life. Um, I mean, Kali is usually associated with fire. And fire mm -hmm. is one of the most powerful transformative agents. It takes one thing and turns it into another. It takes wood or a wick of a candle and it turns it into light and heat and smoke and ashes, right? So that's yeah. a transformative process. And that's not the end of the story because then the heat and the light have their own implications and the ashes become the part of the earth. So there's an endless life cycle that we're a part of. And I think a lot of times we're afraid to submit ourselves to that larger cycle that we don't believe that it has our highest good in mind, that we don't believe that um, we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's an interesting thing. If you think about that life is fatal in some ways, what does it mean to be okay? Um, <laughs> again, there's this continuation of ourself on a soul level, which for me is what Kali's interested. Mm -hmm. Kali doesn't give a shite about my personality or my ego self. She's interested in, in my soul essence expressing itself in the world. Cause that's why I think optimally we're here. Yeah. Definitely. Um, 
I did take your advice and um, used, uh, I guess, a little background. I've been working through your Allies and Demons book um, as an audible, which is perfect because going through the guided meditations along with it, um, it's just, it's perfect, really. Um, so I took your advice and used the opportunity to meet, um, I use a specific phrase but whether it be like a helping ancestor or um, like the personification of someone. Right. A spirit guide in human form. Yes, exactly that. Mm -hmm. Um, And using uh, my focus to be Kali, to meet Mm -hmm. Kali and um, communicate with her. Mm -hmm. And I was not expecting um, (laughs) the results that I got. I thought it was just going to be this, um, you know, friendly conversation. And I guess it was, it wasn't, you know, anything terrible. It was just a very intense um, journey. Do you feel comfortable sharing it? Oh, absolutely. Please. So (laughs) I started walking. It was like this big, like estate, almost like the back of, um, um, some sort of old like English like mansion and Mm -hmm. there was like a big English garden and um you know those like like stone labyrinths where you walk on the stones Mm -hmm. um so I was doing that I was walking on the stones in this pathway and then at the end it led down into like a hole like almost like steps Mm -hmm. Um, so I followed it down and then it almost became like a drop off, like, like a wooden ladder would take you all the way down into this very deep, massive cave. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could see like some shadows and some lights. So I just kind of kept following it until, um, I came down to another drop off point. Um, and there was just a small fire and a pool of water in the middle of like this floor so I sat um by the pool the water's edge and my um animal came and sat with me which is a yellow songbird and my golden child um and we just sat patiently and waited and looked in the water and there was Kali's reflection Mm. uh almost like she was standing across the water from us Mm -hmm. um and she was, but I felt like it was more important to look through the water than to look directly at her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, the question that came to mind was, you know, like what, what am I supposed to be like, like knowing or looking for right now? And she said, let me show you. And she kind of pulled her hand in the water, like, like she was spinning it and mm-hmm. it was an image of this guy almost like um like the pink and purple hues and clouds that you would see either at sunrise or sunset mm-hmm. it was just that it was just this fantastic vision of the sky mm. and i'm still not sure what that means but i'm sure it'll make sense eventually um and yeah, I know that there were other things we had talked about and it was sort of like, you know, um, are you going to be here for me? She was like, 
Allison, I've been here. I've always been here. I'm always going to be here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like almost like a motherly, like, how dare you like even ask that? <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, she wasn't, um, she wasn't strong or not strong. She wasn't scary. She was like strong and powerful, like a mother that was like wanting to be taken serious, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I asked, like, how will, you know, how can I reach out and talk to her? And she said, anytime you look uh, into the flame of a candle, you'll know I'm there. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. So you can return to that place in future inner journeys if mm-hmm. you're interested in doing that. And you can meet with her there in that really sounds like a really direct and conscious way and Mm -hmm. you can ask her for clarity on what the clouds represent Mm -hmm. Um, if you want more understanding if you could ask her to teach you or to clarify the meaning of the clouds and I I find inner journey work to be incredibly helpful because we have this ability to have a really conscious mystical which is a direct connection with aspects of divinity whether they speak to us in words or telepathy or metaphor or behavior Mm -hmm. or just a felt experience in our body Uh, it's been completely transformative work for me i and that's what most of that's all the processes of my book allies and demons is all about guiding people into those processes Mm-hmm. And so I meet Kali in a place um, where they hold Burning Man. And I used to live in California and we used to go to what they call the playa, um, even when Burning Man wasn't happening. And we went during COVID um, and there were forest fires happening. And so the whole sky was filled with smoke. And when the sun rose, it was blood red. Wow. Because of the smoke in the early morning. And um, there were only a few thousand people on the playa. It was the first year that Burning Man was canceled. And so I went out into the playa by myself. And this is at Black Rock in Nevada. And, um, And I'm at a place in my life where I'm basically ready to dedicate my life in service of others and all of the things that have happened you know I have a whole kind of craziness story of mental illness and addiction and recovery and um and my own healing from trauma journey and now you know my work is to help others to heal in the way that I've been healed and so I went there to I just felt really called um and to surrender to the sun and that red blood red sun and I had a vision of Kali to me she comes as um a large really dark-skinned like African beautiful woman um who has these attendants with her and she's generally just wears a little skirt and she's got beautiful jewelry on and um and I am an attendant in trainee. Um, and so I kneel before her 
and um, and she teaches me things. And um, she has all kinds of very powerful um, other beings like dragons and she wields fire and all kinds of things. And training me in the metaphorical use of these energies that we can use for transformation and our own courage and empowerment so that we can, again, you know, be the most authentic version of ourselves and the most helpful to others um, in whatever we're doing in our life. And so, mm. um, yeah, I am a lowly servant of Kali. <laughs> She's the queen and I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a servant girl. Happy to do it. That. Um, yeah. And I, through that relationship, which is a relationship of humility, um, I have a mentorship program where I train therapists and healers and energy workers to do the spiritual psychology and the open door growth work that I do in their mm -hmm. own modalities. And so Kali is a lot of the energy that I impart to the people that I teach about really about integrity, mm -hmm. um, clarity, developing clarity of purpose and purifi purifying ourselves again that's not a that's not a word that we use very much mm -hmm. in modern society to like purify ourselves um in internally or externally i've come to like have a very zen living space i actually just sold everything that i own and gave away almost everything else um and moved to manhattan and just came here with some clothes and some books um, as a practice to like clear the deck and make room for what wants to come. Um, that's what happens when we can like, as fire does, it clears things out so that new growth can happen. And, you know, Allison, like, you know, we talked a little bit about some of your experience, like that's what's happening for you, right? There's some old stuff falling mm -hmm. away. Yeah. And, and like you said, these bigger shoes to walk in. Yeah. When we when we are willing to let old things go. Um, and so inner journey work is a way. So just to describe what inner journey work is, if people don't know. So um, it can be like a guided meditation. In my book, I do it with, it looks like a guided meditation where I'm just leading with my voice. It can also be done listening to repetitive sounds like they do in shamanism like a drum or binaural beats mm -hmm. which creates like a light meditation or a light um, theta state in your brain that allows us to access the metaphysical or the transpersonal or our active imagination however we want to understand it which really opens us up to the spirit world um, to the transpersonal realms and higher consciousness that we can address directly again in these really vivid and kind of mysterious mystical ways which i find mm -hmm. incredibly interesting and exciting and quite directive and guiding too it's available to everybody yeah definitely it's 
what I find really fascinating is seeing how, I guess, how different and similar um, our experiences when it comes to tapping into the the other side of, you know, more than just our waking life reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And people who, you know, have no communication will have very similar experiences. Like that is so fascinating. Yes. Well, so what you just described with the labyrinth and the hole in the center that led down into the earth, Mm -hmm. that is a shamanic journey to go to the lower world is to enter into a hole through a tree, a hole in the ground or a body of water. And, mm-hmm. um, and that is a phenomenon that I think shamans just discovered. And it's certainly something that happens spontaneously in my sessions with people all the time, that they'll come up on a hole and I'll encourage them to go in it when we're doing kind of inner active imagination or inner guided journey work. Mm-hmm. And it generally lead out of this realm of ordinary reality and into realms of higher consciousness um, that have wisdom, again, wisdom and insight and guidance way beyond what my ordinary personality self can come up with. Yeah. I am curious about like your own training. Um, did I like read correctly that you studied in France, like under a shaman? I did not. No. So I, um, I kind of spontaneously did inner child work on myself over the years. I didn't. It would just kind of happen for me. Okay. And the whole thing of like spirit guides and shamanism, I thought all that stuff was fucking weird to tell you the truth. I had no <laughs> interest. I was like completely not open. I grew up in Boston. This is like nutty, crunchy, weird California stuff. I don't know about any of that stuff. So, but I just, I was actually cleaning houses for a living for a long time. And I was cleaning when I moved to San Francisco in the late nineties, um, I was cleaning house for a woman, not coincidentally. And she said, Oh, I'm a therapist. I do this interesting kind of hypnotherapy. And I said, Oh, I'm interested in maybe becoming a therapist. And so we started to trade work. I would clean her house and she would give me therapy sessions. And she ended up becoming my spiritual teacher for 14 years. And she has, her name's Dr. Issa Guchardi. And she leads an organization called the foundation of the sacred stream in berkeley california Mm. and i happened to be in her very first class in the year 2000 um and so she introduced me to the shamanic journey and to um, the practice that she calls depth hypnosis Mm -hmm. and it was the most powerful transformative therapy work that i had ever done Mm -hmm. Um, i was able to transform and heal things in myself that we could talk about for five years and talk about and uh, wouldn't touch it. And that's the experience I have with my own clients. Now this work is incredibly, it's like psychic surgery um, to be able to heal and transform things on a soul level. So I was hooked. I'm all about shortcuts (laughs) and I'm practical. So you show me the money and I'll believe it. And so it was really by doing this work that I became open to it 
Um, the yeah. So I don't call myself a shaman. I have that's a title that is reserved for indigenous people who follow a really arduous path of training. Mm-hmm. Um, I do use shamanic tools. But like you just described, and you just described one, it happened spontaneously for you. So what you did was a journey to the lower world from a shamanic standpoint, but Mm -hmm. we don't have to call it that. And we aren't stealing from anyone. This was just what spontaneously happened for you, because this is one of the ways that our conceptualization allows us to move through these different realms of consciousness. And, and, they're, and they're available. They're just like pathways that are available for all of us. Yeah. Um, as humans. Not unlike psychedelics. We talked a little bit about psychedelics yesterday. So mm-hmm. psychedelics will also, they're also a pathway to altered states of consciousness. Um, super hip right now. The only, and I have a lot to say about psychedelics. Um, I don't, I did a ton of psychedelics unintentionally (laughs) and with no spirituality in my mind at all about it. When I was, when I was younger, tons, Mm -hmm. I loved dropping acid, but, um, but from my own standpoint now, I don't do anything mood or mind altering. And I have, um, you know, my experience is that any place you can get with the drugs, you can also get without the drugs. A lot of people, need the drugs because their rational mind is too strong. They're too either too afraid to go into that hole in the middle of the labyrinth that you went into, or their rational mind tells them, oh, you're just making this up and this is a bunch of crap or whatever the blocks are. Mm-hmm. So it's fine to, it's fine to need tools um, to be able to help to do things. But in the long run, it's not that necessary, my opinion. Right. And honestly, I was kind of thinking that um, even though, um, I mean, I do have a lot of like love and respect for psychedelics themselves, but um, I think that this um, alternative approach, if you like to just say that um, with consciously, well, maybe not consciously journeying without like chemical substances um in a meditative state would also be a safer method for folks who are more inclined with mental health um problems absolutely well so one of the problems this is my own opinion go for it one one of the problems with psychedelics is that they absolutely bring you to other realms of consciousness, but you may not have. Uh, there's like you, no guarantee. There's no guarantee and you don't necessarily know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And just because it's altered doesn't mean it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. And there are many, many realms of consciousness ranging from the demonic and things that feed on fear and suffering Mm -hmm. that we all have within us (laughs) Um, and up unto, you know, unconditional love and compassion and unification and a whole range of things in between that. 
right? Mm-hmm. Those are different. I almost see them as like rungs on a ladder of consciousness that we can tap into. Mm-hmm. And my experience as I have tracked people in their psychedelic experiences, um, usually they're recounting them to me after. I, have, I don't serve psychedelics, but I work with a lot of people who do work with them. And when we're going to say like the upper world, um, people will often pass through the realm of consciousness that they were at on psychedelics. And a couple rungs above that is what my experience of the upper world is, mm-hmm. where guides and teachers are. And so, um, I mean, it's very interesting. I have journeyed to the spirit of ayahuasca. Um, I've journeyed to the spirit of peyote. And they're really powerful teachers. I work with them as guides and teachers in sessions with people when that feels important and when they show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so consciously working with these realms is important. But, uh, you know, not unlike street drugs, which I did a lot of in my life, you don't necessarily know what you're getting. It depends on who's mixing the ayahuasca. It depends on who's serving, what they're serving, where the toad came from. You know, you don't necessarily know. Um, it's not regulated, right? And mm-hmm. <clears throat> they can, depending on where the people are at, bring us more into the astral plane which is kind of the plane in between ordinary reality or ordinary consciousness and higher consciousness. And there may be interesting things to gather there, but I'm again, I'm kind of a practical shortcut person. Like I don't really want to fuck around in the hallway, like (laughs) Brittany in the room. (laughs) Um, So you know, everybody's got their own path. Everybody's in their own place. And there's absolutely stuff to be learned from anything. So mm-hmm. if people are interested in it, absolutely go for it. But it depends what you want to get. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of the wisdom teachers like Ram Das and I can't think of anybody else offhand um, who started with psychedelics, ultimately in their path, they moved away from them because they realized that they weren't, ultimately we outgrow the need for those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and can just make, because really, I think I might've said this to you when we were doing our pre-talk, you know, we're all like fish swimming in the ocean, looking for the water, right? Yeah. Like it's actually here, higher consciousness is available to us. It is all around us. It is in every cell that we have, but we feel separate from it. We think we're separate from it. We can't. So whatever we need to do to be able to make that connection, that's a lot of the work of our own inner growth and transformation. Yeah. Um, And if we need tools to do that, fine. I mean, I, I, I use a lot. I still use a lot of tools. So Definitely. Um, I was curious, like when, I don't know if this is an odd framing question, when did you know that you were supposed to be like a spiritual mentor for people? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm still not sure about that. (laughs) 
Um, you know, it really happened when someone asked me. Mm. And that's and that's actually it's very interesting because it's exactly what happened with my teacher. You yeah. know, I, I said, I want to learn how to do the work that you do. And she said, you know, a lot of people are asking me that and I'm thinking about starting a school. Mm-hmm. And a couple months later, she started her first class and I was lucky enough to be in it. Mm-hmm. And so the similar thing has happened to me that over time, the people that are drawn to me um, have become other healers and energy workers and social workers and therapists and who are doing, you know, their own particular modality and they're doing their own personal growth work. And they say, Hey, you know, I'd really like, this is such powerful work. Just like I said, I would like to be able to incorporate this in my own work. Mm -hmm. So for me, again, as a service person asking, where can I be um, of best service to others and myself? And that felt like the next graduation or step for me in my own personal work as a therapist is to move into this place of being a teacher. And so, so it was a very natural progression. And, you know, I think that's one of the things about working with Kali is that as we submit ourselves to these, to the flow of life, to allow ourselves to be changed by it, to um, to be willing to know when things need to die and to let them die and to know when new things need to be born and to let them be born and to know when we need to sustain or protect things and to sustain or protect them. Like that's the wisdom of the great mother, right? Mm-hmm. Is all of those things. It's not just about making everybody comfortable and making nice. Like that's not necessarily loving. That can even be debilitating. Um, challenging ourselves, making ourselves strong, doing things outside of our comfort zone, moving through the wisdom cycles of birth and death, submitting ourselves to live fully through our whole process that, um, that very naturally, it becomes less violent, it becomes less scary, it becomes more exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just sold almost everything I own. And I moved to Manhattan with my daughter. We, we came to an Airbnb. I didn't know where I was going to live. I, it was a total, because I knew it was the right thing because I'm at a place yeah. of clarity now. It worked out for my girl. And I'm, so I'm 58. I'm having the biggest adventure that I've had yet in my life, although I expect even greater ones to come. And the next 25 years are going to be the most productive of my life. So but a lot of people feel like they're done at 35 and they've already peaked and God bless them, the poor things. You know, we can live, <laughs> <laughs> we can live as fully as we want and suck the juice out of this lemon. And when we're willing to live that way, um, then the universe rises to meet us. It's always there, but it's how much we're willing to engage in it. And I like you were willing to look into that pool to see the face of Kali. You could have turned away. You didn't have to go in the hole. You didn't even have to take the journey, right? But you were willing to do that. And that will bring you someplace else. And things are coming to meet us all the time if we're willing to be open to pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even for instance, just having a feeling that I needed to reach out to you 
Um, and I was just, I, I was like, there's no way that she's even going to respond to me. And I was shocked within 20 minutes. You're like, sounds great. When can we talk? Right. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. I was like, like, so like fangirling, almost jumping on my bed, <laughs> excited because it just felt like the right thing to do. It felt right. like the, the right next thing. Um, and it, it was just very reassuring, you know. So that's so that's Kali energy, right? So mm-hmm. that's following this intuition, which takes some courage and a little bit of chutzpah to send out the email, right? <laughs> and then yeah. and then we get and then the universe meets us, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, fire can burn the house down, but it can also cook us a meal and keep us warm. Yeah. Right. Depending on our relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And so and that's I mean, sometimes the house needs to burn down. I, you know, I'm on probably my ninth set of stuff in my adult life. I'm divorced twice. I have filed bankruptcy before, but I also have written a book and I've been to graduate school and I have a mentorship program. I have tremendous success and tremendous failure. in mm-hmm. my life, Right. So I've, I've had the fires keep me warm and cook for me and I've had them burn my house down and. And I got to trust in all of that process that if the house needs to burn down, that's okay. There'll be another house. Or mm-hmm. maybe I'll like camping outside. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but showing up like you did, that's, yeah. that's the affirmation that um, we're moving beyond our limited ideas. We're moving into the unknown. New and exciting things can happen and, and, especially when Kali's involved, mm-hmm. you never know who's going to show up. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is any relevance to our conversation, but I am curious what your thoughts are. Um, I noticed that Yom Kippur is tomorrow. Do you feel mm. like that's any relevant to this conversation? Yom Kippur. It's interesting to be up. I live in the Upper West Side now mm-hmm. and um, deeply embedded I have so many Jewish friends now. Uh, I've been kind of tapped out of Jewish culture when I was living in California. And this whole time of year of introspection, um, being a little further north than I have been in a while, I noticed that the darkness and the cold just kind of happened on October 1st very quickly. And I took an extra nap today, which is unusual, just because I can feel my body kind of going into fall and hibernation mode uh-huh. and um, Yom Kippur being a time of deep reflection on the self. And I think that that is what Kali calls us to, mm-hmm. um, is to self-reflect and to be humble and look at where we have, um, where we're out of integrity, where we may have caused harm and again, I, I love the image of fire as a transformative and a purifying agent to burn away what is no longer necessary mm-hmm. and um, to become an agent of positive change. <clears throat> so, which to me is the essence of Yom Kippur in my understanding. So. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the herb like fireweed. I'm not. Oh my goodness. Um, I really should have like prepared, but it's fine. Um, 
basically, so in herbalism school, uh, one of the things we did was go up for a weekend retreat up into the Stonewall Mountains, uh, like the Spanish Peaks. And um, it was so breathtaking and just it felt like I was just forest bathing for days and not having any connection to time or my phone or anything. It was just being um, being with my classmates and being with the earth and learning about her. Mm. And um, we learned about several different medicinal plants, like so many medicinal plants on that weekend. And I'm still in school. It's an ongoing process. But um, the one plant that really stuck with me was fireweed. And I learned that whenever there's like a forest fire or an avalanche, uh, any like huge, what people would assume would be like a natural disaster, especially fires, um, the seeds actually spread with the fire and with the ash. And that is the way that it's able to uh, procreate. Um, And the seeds almost act as like a net. Um, So it's, it's uh it it like rebuilds the um the establishment that once was and <laughs> yeah there's so many other medicinal per- like uses with it and they're even edible um like the flowers at least but they're the most beautiful like pink purple like almost like a whimsical <laughs> nature to them well nature is such a powerful teacher mhm about transformation about rejuvenation about you know like that phoenix energy that you're just describing about what rises from the ashes um and and to me that's one of the big messages of kali is to move past fear and to submit ourselves to these larger cycles that really we're a part of we aren't separate from them. We don't need to be afraid of them. Um, we can subject ourselves to them and they're transformative. They're exciting. They're nourishing and it can be whimsical and magical and beautiful too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have any like questions for me as we wrap up? Hmm. How would you like to use Kali? work with Kali or have her work with you in the future? Oh. I think that I will be using her energy and support as a way to highlight my potential Mm -hmm. and um commit to that nice yeah i think that um if anything um kali has really opened the door for opportunities for me Mm -hmm. um and showing me that yes all of these things are cleared away you know these things that you know, this old way of life or these things that you thought um, were once like serving you, maybe they did for a while, but um, that also leaves 
opportunity for even bigger, more purposeful um, events to take place and healing to take place for others. Um, Yeah, I think that feels right. Beautiful, Allison. I I think I would like to end, if I may, with my favorite Kali prayer. Can I do that? Absolutely. Okay. Kali Ma, Mother Kali, give me your courage that I may face my fears. Let me name them. Let me offer them to you. Kali Ma, I offer you my pettiness. I offer you my sorrow. Great Mother, consume them, cut through them, burn them up. Release me from the illusions of separation and ego. Free me from the bonds of attachment. Give me the power to transform my anger and frustration into clear and powerful action that I may create healing change in myself and the world. That's it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Allison. Great. <laughs> yeah, I had so much fun. I feel, I feel really good about this. It's really good. So if you end up going back down that hole again, I'd love to hear what happens if you want to share it with me. Oh, absolutely. I will definitely <clears throat> keep you updated. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thanks again. And um, I will leave your information um, and how you can reach Renee in the show notes down below. Great. Yep. Shoot me an email, info at ReneeMcKenna.com. You can find me on my website, ReneeMcKenna.com. Perfect. Thanks again. Thank you, dear. Bye. Bye now.